Tell me who hath believed, hath believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Marion Shear, who everyone knew as Pete, had finished his stint in the Navy. He had left his ship, the USS Amon, on March 11, 1955, and stayed at Sangley Point in the Philippines to await a plane to take him back to the States. He had sent off a letter to his family in Pennsylvania that he was flying home, and he would call them as soon as he reached the mainland. All the family, his mother, father, his sister Charlotte, brothers Paul and Bob and cousin Sam, aunts and uncles, nieces and nephews, were all waiting to see him. But on March 22nd, as they awaited his phone call, they heard some very distressing news on the radio. A Navy plane carrying 66 passengers traveling from Hawaii to the mainland had crashed into the mountains northwest of Honolulu, and there were no survivors. The family did what they always did. They prayed. Several days went by. There was no phone call. There was no information from anywhere. Pete's mother, Ruth, said, God knows where he is. And God is able to bring him home. Over three weeks went by. No phone call. They didn't stop praying. Listen. Listen to me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. It is the confidence in the ability of God. It's that foundation of trust in the gospel and the power of God to work when you need it to. And it did. On April 25th, over a month after the crash, the phone rang. Ruth picked it up, and on the other end was her son, Pete. Hello. I just landed in California. I'm headed home. His sister Charlotte remembers the first thing Ruth said. Thank God. What a day of rejoicing that must have been. What the family didn't know and no one was able to tell them was that while Pete was loading onto that plane, an officer spoke to all the passengers and asked them if there was anyone that would consider giving up their seat as a veteran had an emergency back home. For a moment, no one volunteered. And then Pete responded that he would. That's not a surprise to anyone who knows him, as I would say he has a heart as big as Texas. Pete then boarded a troop ship for the three-week trip home. He was unable to let his family know that his plans had changed, and he didn't know the plane that he was to be on had crashed. God had a plan for Pete Shear's life. There are probably not many that are more grateful than me that God had intervened and spared Pete's life. You see, I wouldn't be here speaking if it weren't for him and my mother. You see, Pete Shear is my dad. I love you, Dad. Let's play a song about the man that saved all of us.
Rise Again, ministered here by Terry Mai and the Water of Life Boys.
like to begin with prayer. Father, I ask for grace. I ask for grace. I thank you for grace on this message and on me. Father, that you open our eyes that we can see, that you open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. This is one of those times I'm going to ask you to put away all the movies that you've seen, all the books you've read, all the art galleries you've been to, all the statues that you've looked at. And we are only going to look at the Word of God. And I'm going to ask you a question. And I want you to consider it for a moment. Who gives eternal life? Who gives eternal life? I have heard it said that there's more than one way to heaven. If that's true, who knows? Who's the expert? Who can you rely on? Who gives eternal life? And if you were to die, where are you going to go? Do you have eternal life? How do you know? How do you know? I want to answer that by turning to John 17, verse 1. We're going to begin there. And this is Jesus praying to the Father just before he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane and then the crucifixion. Verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. He's getting ready to go to the cross. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Let's take a look at verse 2. As thou hast given him, this is Jesus talking about himself, as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Look who gives eternal life. It's not the Father. The Father doesn't give eternal life. Jesus does. Do you see that? Let's read that part in verse 2 again. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he, Jesus, should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. The Father gives him the men, the women, and Jesus gives them eternal life. Eternal life comes from Jesus. Let's take a look at another verse. Acts 4, verse 10. This is Peter. He's in front of the council because of the name of Jesus they used to make a lame man whole. So they're brought before the council. Here is Peter speaking. Verse 10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, there's the death whom God raised from the dead, the burial and the resurrection. There's the gospel. Even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Peter is telling him, this man has been healed. He's standing before you healed because of the name of Jesus. Verse 11, speaking of Jesus, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. And look at verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. The word of God states right here. Neither is there salvation in any other. 
for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Can you hear that? There is none other name. You know that includes the Father? In John 17, who gives eternal life? Jesus gives eternal life. And there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus gives eternal life. And he's the only one that can give you eternal life. That is what the word of God states. That is what's written in the word of God. Not totally convinced? Let's take a look in the Old Testament. Isaiah 59 verse 15. Yea, truth faileth. And he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And let's take a look at verse 16. I love this verse. And he saw that there was no man, no man. And he wondered that there was no intercessor. This is the Father in heaven. He saw there was no man and wondered there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. Notice here, the father doesn't do it. The father doesn't take care of salvation. The father doesn't take care of salvation. It says, therefore, his arm brought salvation. And do you know what that arm is? I want you to turn a couple pages back to Isaiah 53. Let's read the first verse in Isaiah 53. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? The arm of the Lord is a man. And who is that man? If you will continue reading on Isaiah 53, it is talking about Jesus. It is talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Who is the arm of God? Who brings salvation to the Father, as in Isaiah 59? I want to read verse 16 again. This is the Father. He saw there was no man and wondered there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm, who? Jesus, brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. Where do we get eternal life? We get it through Jesus. That is what is written In the word of God, there is our trust. There is our anchor. It's the word of God. Not what a man said, but the word of God. Let's turn to a verse we all know. And I have been speaking of it for several weeks. John 3.16. We can't go to a football game without seeing that verse written somewhere, correct? Do you know what that verse says? Do you actually know what that verse says? Let's take a look at it. Verse 16. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. That includes you and I. That he gave his only begotten son. He didn't do it himself. The father didn't go and become crucified. No, he sent his son. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. 
Where do we get eternal life? There is only one place. We get eternal life through Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives eternal life. We saw that in John 17. Why? Because Jesus became our substitute. He took our place. He became our sacrifice. He died on the cross, bore our sins, our transgressions, bore our sicknesses, our diseases, our weaknesses. He also became a curse for us on that tree. And then he died for us. And he was buried for us. His body laid in a grave. And his soul and spirit went to hell for us. This is a man we're talking about. Went to hell for us. And the father raised him from the dead. That is the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. A man took our place, became our sacrifice. Why do we think if the Father gave his only son and that he was crucified, went to hell for us, raised again for us, why would the Father go to that extreme with his own son and then have another way for eternal life? That doesn't even make sense. Jesus gives eternal life. And how do we get that eternal life? How does that eternal life get in us? Simple. Let's turn to Romans 10. Verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And if you go down to verse 13, for whosoever, whosoever, that includes you, that includes me, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is salvation. That is eternal life. I remember one of the first times that I realized that God was speaking to me, giving me direction. He had been speaking to me since I was a little girl, but never with this kind of direction. And it happened over 30 years ago before I came to this church, Water of Life. If we turn to John 10, 27, Jesus is speaking and he states, My sheep... Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. If you take a look at that verse, if you listen to it, Jesus states, My sheep hear my voice. That's a promise. That is the Word of God. And we've already discussed that the Word of God is above our feelings, it's above our opinions. The Word of God is what lasts forever. So when Jesus states that his sheep hear his voice, and you're a sheep, you can hear his voice. That is a promise. And if you are born again, you are a sheep. 
Now, I had just moved to Fort Worth. I had taken a position in a private Christian school as a high school teacher's assistant. It didn't pay much at all, but I knew that's where I should be. And then while in church the next Sunday morning, worshiping with the congregation, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, If you will give me $40, I will increase your salary. I had never heard anything like that before. I thought to myself, could this be God? Would he actually do that? You know, I didn't have a lot of money. In fact, I think all I had was $40. But I thought, what do I have to lose except the money? What if this is God? What if this is the voice of God talking to me? If it is, and I do this, and he does increase my salary, that's a miracle. So I took out my checkbook, and I wrote the check for $40. And I put it in the offering. I went to the school the next day to get ready for the new school year. When I walked in, the secretary told me that the principal wanted to see me. I went to his office. He said, Kathy, we've been talking. We would like it if you would not be a high school assistant, but would take the kindergarten class as their teacher. And he went on to give me his reasonings. And then he said, oh, and we will double your salary. You know, I didn't know what to be more excited over, being able to teach the kindergarten class or that God had done a miracle for me because I listened to what the voice of the Lord said. Now, I'd like to finish the program with the song Alpha and Omega, ministered here by Terry and the Browns with Paul Peters. But as the song plays, if you need anything from God, to be born again, to be healed, to be delivered, if you need financial help, or if you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I would like you to do what Romans 10, 13 states as the music plays. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, that's Jesus, shall be saved, shall be delivered. Call on him and expect him to answer you. Oh, 
joining me and the musicians from Water of Life Church. I would love to hear from you. You may reach me by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at Kathy Davidson, W-O-L.com, or you may write me at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 861327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find me on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.